the way that we All record right. this, like, I'm on a chair and you're on the couch, and so you're <laughs> so much lower than me. Yeah. I feel like I'm, like, you're a child, <laughs> and I'm a parent of you. Weird. Okay, yeah. The That's way, weird. The way I said it was weird. Uh-huh. The sentiment was weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. None of it's good. None of it's great. Hey, I'm Liza. And I'm Mike. We're a married couple with too many DVDs. 1,321 to be exact. Look, physical media is great, but we definitely don't need 1,321 DVDs. No, we don't. So we started this podcast where every other week we choose two movies to watch and discuss. And when we're done, we can only keep one. This This is DVD Deathmatch. Deathmatch. Hello. Hi, uh, hello. <laughs> How you doing? Should we start this podcast? We gotta start the podcast. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's cold out there today. What? If they don't know what we're doing, slash haven't seen the movie, they don't understand this bit. You know, they can deal with 10 seconds of not understanding the bit. <laughs> wow. Before I clearly am about to explain it. Wow, isolating our audience right off the bat. I'm we're so sorry, you guys. Dolores Claiborne, it takes place in... New England. Maine. Maine, even. Yeah. Um, the New England of New England, they call it. <laughs> so uh, there are some thick accents. There are. And it's really fun. Part That's of the charm. Part of the charm. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. I know. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Really, really well. Thriving. Everything is good. I love that. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. You know. Yeah? Uh, also thriving. Also, everything is good. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, I've 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 spent the day editing this uh, video because I'm going to try and do YouTube videos again. Yeah, that's fun. Um, and I so I was learning how to use Final Cut Pro, and I'm very excited to see that it's similar to iMovie, but there's just more exciting things that you can do with it. So, like I, knock on wood, haven't had that much trouble learning it yet. So. Wonderful. I know. Was that interesting at all? <laughs> Check out my YouTube channel, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's just my name. There you go. Um, <laughs> hot content coming to your YouTube channel soon. Oh, my God. So that's cool. So much content. Um, yeah. Do we have anything else? Oh, you know what? You know what has happened? What has Between happened? Between the last time and this time, we saw another movie. Another movie? We did. Whoa. We did. Look at us. It was real long. Killers of the Flower Moon, right? Killers is the movie you're discussing? <laughs> that is the that that okay. movie. Uh, we did see Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. I thought it was great. I had a great time. Yeah. Not a great time, really. It's a very sad movie. Yeah. But I did have a good time. <laughs> it was a good It was um, a good movie, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was long, but I didn't... I, as I said to you afterwards, mm-hmm. it didn't not feel long. Yeah. It wasn't like it flew by. Yeah. But I didn't it didn't feel three and a half hours long to me yeah it felt like a long movie yeah but it's very engrossing i mean if you're a person who likes plot there's a lot of plot Mm. it's not like you know what i mean there's a lot of things happening in it constantly yeah um that move forward and it has this propulsive feel to it yeah um but it was great. I thought it was great. I thought Lily Gladstone was incredible. Oh my god, so so good. I thought De Niro was great. Really yeah. bringing the. You remember how we talked about how we brought it to hide and seek <laughs> a couple weeks ago? 
<laughs> really brought that level of acting. Um, no, I thought he was incredible in this. Yeah. 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 I have a question. Okay. Because my friend brought this up today. Are we, are we scabs because we're talking about movies? No, we're not in SAG. That's true. But, like, I stand in solidarity with SAG. Yeah, but we're not in the union, and we're not promoting new movies or anything. Like, We kind of just did. Okay, we kind of just did, I guess. But no, we're not. We're fine. You're allowed to... It's Union members are not allowed to go promote their movies. Right. Yeah. We are definitely not... And we're talking mostly about old movies. Right. So it's okay. It's 100% okay. Okay. Well, There's, I do want to make it clear that I stand <laughs> with Zach. Yes. And I... Um, As do I. I hope the strike ends soon and that they get what they want. I and feel... I, yeah. I. They're talking at least now. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. And By like, the time you hear this, hopefully it'll be over. Yeah. That Fingers would be crossed. good. That would be really great. For everyone. Um, but I do want to make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> great. I love it. Well, now it's clear. What did you think of Killers of the Flower Moon? Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I did not have the same... Uh, it didn't feel like three and a half hours because it did feel like three and a half hours. <laughs> but I agree that it moves, <clears throat> but it moved for three and a half hours. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like incredible performances from literally everyone. Yeah. Um, the girl who played the sister, I can't remember yeah. her name, she but was she great. was so good. Oh my gosh. Like, like honestly, not a bad performance in the film. Yeah. And it's like, it was uh, a story that, is I think you know, not everyone knows. Amazing story to tell. Yeah. All about and like kind of. There's been a lot of talk, and I understand it. And I think anyone who has this opinion is 100 percent well within their rights to have it. Sure. But there's been a lot of talk about like, oh, this is still a movie that centers white people, and I think that that is a completely valid criticism. Mm-hmm. Sure, because it's about. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio, character. sure. But it is a movie that is unrelenting in how fucking evil the white people are. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Including him. Oh, especially him. Yeah. Like, and like, it doesn't, it it does not, it's not easy to watch because it's not like uh, Goodfellas or something where it's like a charming kind of fun evil. He's like dumb. Yeah. And greedy mm-hmm. and mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> For the yeah. entire three and a half hours. Yeah. And so, and even when he has like convinced himself that, and you know, it's like, I thought a lot about The Departed while watching it mm-hmm. because in The Departed, the, the beauty of The Departed. Yeah. I'm going to rant for a second. Sorry. I love that. Have is, we done The Departed? No. Wow. But the beauty of The Departed is how fucking laser clear mm-hmm. everyone's like motivations are yeah and what they're hiding at what at every second and what they're performing yeah and who their real loyalties lie with you know what i mean yeah and it has to be because otherwise it gets muddy and it's yeah right and it is like but it is like it's like a choreographed beautiful thing that movie it's incredible yeah and in this one this one is like the opposite of that yeah because there's absolutely no it's like full mud this guy (laughs) of what his but but all like he thinks maybe he's doing the right thing at like occasional moments. I think for a lot of it, he knows that he, what he's doing is like shitty, probably. Yeah, but I also think that he has convinced himself that it's like it's not shitty. 
at, at points, yeah. And I think he's also convinced himself because, okay, very briefly, <laughs> it's, it's he, uh, the Osage Nation in Oklahoma in the early part of the 20th century came into a lot of money from oil. Mm-hmm. And this, this is the story of Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Ernest, is like this dumb guy back from World War One, something like that. I don't Some know. war, sorry. I don't know times. Um, and he marries an Osage woman, f- essentially for her money, but maybe not. Maybe he's really in love with her. Maybe not. Right. And that's the kind of and um, and then there's a lot of murder and death that the white people in this town bring upon the rich Osage people trying to get their money yeah. for the entire length of the movie. Yeah. Because they feel like they're entitled to it and these because people are Because they're not, white. Because they're white. Yeah. And so I think that there are moments where Ernest, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, mm-hmm. has convinced himself that he's in love with his bride. Yeah. Played by Lily Gladstone. Mm-hmm. And there's times where he's literally saying, like, I'm greedy and I like money. Yeah. But it's just so, so fucking swishy and muddy and... There's no, like, easy answers in it. Yeah. Besides just like, oh, the things you have done are evil. Right. So that's all the answer you need about a person. Yeah. And it doesn't let you, it doesn't let up from Leonardo DiCaprio's, like, story the entire time, which I think is by design, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, sorry, like, (laughs) I'm just ranting. (laughs) But it's like, that's, because that's the story it's trying to tell is how, even when this guy has convinced himself that he's not a bad person, he's definitely a bad person. Right. Through and through. Right. Because of what the fuck he's done. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. I, I just, I'm kind of coming to this as I'm saying it out loud. So I love that. Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Um, Can I bring up another movie that I watched? You You can. Are I we, encourage you to. Is this taking too long? No, go ahead. Great. I'll cut the shit out of it, so it's not too long. Don't I worry. I watched a movie on Max, Max, formerly HBO Max. Sure. Called The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. Okay. Which is a documentary about Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli. Ghibli? Ghibli. And I was like, oh, let me throw this on. Like, I want to watch something about how they make these movies. This will be a nice little whatever. It was so good. Yeah. As a movie. Okay. As, like, the documentary itself was, like, one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time. Just this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's about the making of his previous film, The Wind Rises. Uh-huh. Um, and the studio is all, like, how they're kind of mobilizing to make this movie. And it's about him, and he thinks this is going to be his last movie. Spoiler alert, it did not turn out to be his last movie. Mm. He just released another one. Mm-hmm. But um, And he's, like, approaching his mid-70s, and he's, like, very uh, grumpy and angry about... Not angry, but just, like, sad about the state of the world. And there's all these people around him who are kind of, like, talking about merchandising and stuff. And it's, like... Just for the vibes of it, of seeing how this workplace works, it was great. Like, how they all get up and do calisthenics in the morning together. Mm -hmm. And, like, how there's a cat that wanders around and stuff. And then also, there's just, like, so much deeper shit going on about, like, him. And how, like, he's, like, kind of watching, you know, trying to figure out his legacy and what that's going to be. And he's, it's just, it was just such a good movie. I just loved it so much. Cool. Should we get into it? Let's get into it. 
Hey, first, y'all, happy Halloween. Oh, yeah, it's Halloween. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween. Spooky. Spooky. Um, so here we are at our final 2023 spooky season episode. Yes. And we're going to close it out with two classics. <laughs> okay, we'll... we'll... <laughs> Well, <laughs> remains to be seen, I would say. <laughs> Today we're talking about Dolores Claiborne from 1995 and Final Destination from the year 2000. We're going to start with Dolores Claiborne, directed by Taylor Hackford. And our IMDb summary is, a big city reporter travels to a small town where her mother has been arrested for the murder of an elderly woman for whom she worked as a housekeeper. Sure. Sure. Fine. Yeah. Obviously, it's more complex than that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's. I would hope so. But I. But also, I, that feels like a good uh, tidbit. Yeah. Tidbit of it. Yes. Um. Yeah. Stars Kathy Bates. Kathy motherfucking Bates. Y'all. Now let's talk about the Kathy Bates. Of it all. Of it all, because we've been enjoying a lot of Kathy Bates lately. I love her. Because I love her too. Because our. Younger child mm. has gotten really into the musical Annie. Yes. What does this have to do with Kathy Bates, you're asking? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Because there is a TV movie version of Annie from the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, starring Kathy Bates as Miss Hannigan, also Victor Garber as Daddy Warbucks, and Audrey McDonald is in it. As and Grace. As and Grace. Alan Cumming as Rooster, and Kristen Chenoweth as. Uh, Lily St. Regis. Yeah. And so we've been watching that a lot. That's the version she likes. It's the version she wants to watch. Yeah. And uh, Kathy Bates is incredible in that. Oh my gosh. She's, she's so, so good. good. She's so good. She's having such a good time. She's like so just really great. So we've been, I mean, literally every morning now yeah. she asks to play Annie. So every morning we're listening to Kathy Bates sing Little Girls. Yeah. And, uh, so there's been a lot of Bates in the house. <laughs> a lot of Bates. Oh, Kathy Bates and Bates Motel. Bates Motel. Psycho 2, Psycho 3. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's okay. all connected. We just <laughs> did that. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kathy Bates, back to Dolores Claiborne. Sorry. Kathy Bates playing the titular Dolores. Yes. Um, you've also got, uh, uh, I almost called him David Strathairn's Juice. <laughs> David Strathairn. Uh that's a very dumb joke that I will not explain because it's boring. But <laughs> <laughs> David Strathairn. Um, who else is in this one? Uh, Christopher Plummer is in it. Jennifer Jason Lee is in it. Yeah. Um, so we've got a pretty, pretty. John killer- C. Riley. John C. Riley is in it. Come on. You've got a pretty killer, kind of strange cast. It's a weird movie. It and, is. It, and it is. We did put it. It's a Stephen King uh, novel. It that is. was turned into this movie. And so we did. It does, like, kind of go in the Halloween bucket. Right. And there is, like, death in it and stuff. But it's not a horror. And a, a mystery. Horror, yeah, a mystery. But it's not a horror movie. No. No. <laughs> it's it's not a thriller horror. No. But it feels... I... Watching it this time, I was like... Because I was, I was having the same thought where I was like, does this belong in this category? Right. And I was like... And maybe this is me just bending it to try and make it fit. But I do think there's something... There are a lot of horrific things in it. Yes. That I And some think, of it is directed like a horror movie. Like. Yes. There's, like, in particular, in that shot, there's a, literal, a literal shot at the end where someone's looking in a mirror and seeing the back of their own head. 
Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Exactly. That is a very that's, that's just like, like classic. Up yeah. Horror movie. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like it fits. I and think it, it works. fits. I mean, I think if you watch it, yeah, like you're not going to be, and you want a horror movie and you watch this, you, well, you might be disappointed actually, but <laughs> maybe not. But it definitely has horror movie feel vibes. vibes yeah. Vibes. Sure. Yeah. Um, so. Again, so we're we're following Dolores. She, gosh, this is a hard one to explain because it jumps around in time so much. Yeah, but, I mean, it, yeah, exactly. It's a very it, it does. It's not a traditionally it, like the plot isn't really the point. Although there is a lot of story here. Yeah. Eventually. So so Dolores is uh, being investigated because the very old woman that she is a housekeeper for um, has died. And Dolores right. was found standing over her dead body, holding a rolling pin. Right. Um, so, uh, and her daughter, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, lives in the big city. Right. And She's is a, a, a hotshot reporter in right. the big city. Oh, Eric Bogosian, also in this movie. Eric Bogosian, yeah. Um, and Do you get, know what other movie we've done on the podcast where Jennifer Jason Lee played a big city reporter? No. The Hudsucker Proxy. That's Jennifer Jason Lee. Now I'm doubting myself. <laughs> it's very possible, and I'm just dumb. Yeah, it is. Okay, great. Wow. Wait, and did we do that movie? No, we did. Okay, good. We did. Yeah, we did. The Hula Hoops. Hula Hoops. Yes. For kids, you know, for kids. You know, for okay, kids. Okay, great. Wow, okay. Well, oh, great. Wow, what an exchange. My memory is awesome. Um... So she's a big city reporter <laughs> and she gets word that her mother is uh, being investigated for this crime. So she goes back to the tiny city where she grew up in Maine. Little Tall Island. Little Tall Island. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's an island. Right. Um, and she, oh man, right off the bat, you can tell that she's a bit damaged. <laughs> Just a like Just, in general. Yeah. Um, and goes back to the small town like picks her mother up from the police station and, but it's all very like, like her mother's at the police station being held like upstairs in the conference room. She's right. like tidying things. Like it's a small town, no small hotel, town. They say. no motel. Um, and they go back to the house. Memories come flooding back. Uh, which is why I say it jumps all over in time. Cause we go back in time right. to, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. What is her character's name? Selena. Uh, Selena, yeah. Um, I was like, Celeste? Yeah, I was like, um, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, Selena, who is Dolores' daughter, to when she was a child and a teenager. Right. And uh, basically, we come to find out. Sorry, I'm trying to. I'm like, no, no, how do no. I explain this? We come to find out that Dolores was also investigated for the death of Selena's father. Right. Um, years ago, right, and investigated by the same investigator Played who by has a plumber who has a perfect record and has a one case that he's lost, and it's this old case, right? Um, so basically, he's like, "I'm gonna get her this time," right? This it's like they've set this up as like, "Oh, this woman keeps killing people," yeah, and it's time to put her away, yeah. Um, and obviously, the uh, Dolores and Selena are pretty estranged. There's a lot of like. The phone works both ways. You never call me, blah, right. blah, blah. Um, and as we go along, we discover more about 
Selena's past right. and et cetera, et cetera. past and what the, who the father was. The father's played in the flashbacks by David Strathairn. Yes. David fucking Strathairn. Yeah. National treasure. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. Everyone's so good in Everyone's this. Everyone's so, so good. It's a weird... Oh, sorry. Did I cut you off? No, no. Go ahead. It's just a weird movie. It's like a... It's essentially a melodrama. Like, it's like a... Right. You know what I mean? It's not... There's some murder and mystery in it, but it doesn't ever feel like that's the point when you're watching it. It's much yeah. more about these people and how angry they are at each other. And, I mean, the, the, the like, fireworks of the movie, mm-hmm. the kind of thing that I remember from the trailers of being, like, this is something you want to show up for, is, like, Kathy Bates being sassy. <laughs> you know there I mean? are a lot of I wrote down she has a lot of like absolutely batshit lines yeah, that are like crazy. <laughs> they're so funny <laughs> the and one, weird. My favorite I think my favorite is <laughs> listen here, Mr. High Grand Poobah upper butt crack. I'm about half past give a crap. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what? Well what? what point yeah, and what point Christopher Plummer says, um uh you know, I'm sorry. And she says, I bet the last time you were sorry was when you went to use the pay toilet and the string on your pet dime broke. <laughs> and you and I looked at each other like, what? Like, what? what? Like, just Is the, that the, a su- thing? The <laughs> string, the pay toilet and the string on your pet. But it like, I mean, it's, you know, they're silly, goofy ass lines. They're really funny. Right. They're weird. But like, Kathy Bates fucking sells Delivers. The shit Delivers. Well, and then, um... What's who's the what's the the old woman? Uh, Vera, right? Vera, she has a line where so so Dolores has been working for this woman forever. This woman is notoriously very particular, picky, awful to the help. Right. Um, and you know, sp- summers in Maine on the island in her house, um, but then her husband dies. And so she moves there permanently. And for some reason, she likes Dolores, right? right. And I don't want to give all of this plot away. Right, so right, right. I'm going to be mildly vague here, but something she happens. She like respects Dolores. Like they have a kind of understanding. Yes, which is how eventually in the end, Dolores is the only person left who's not only the housekeeper, but really like a caretaker right. for this woman in her very, very old age at the end of yeah. her, her time. Sorry, Vera Donovan. Vera Donovan. Name. Oh my it God. That's driving me crazy. So, that's such a soap opera name. It is. Um, she's wonderful too. Played by Judy Parfit. Who's yes. Great. So, so, and I have great. a fun tidbit about her, but okay, after good. I say this, Sorry. she, ha- uh, there's a scene where Dolores is very upset about something that she's just discovered about her husband and, uh, is crying. And, uh, Vera comes in and like notices she's crying, sends the other maids out of the room, sits down, picks up her needlepoint and goes like, basically is like, what's happening? Yeah. And Dolores is just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she's, she said, I'm so sorry, ma'am, or something like that. And she says, I insist that all women who have hysterics in my drawing room call me by that Christian name. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, the lines, <laughs> the who, like, the lines are incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lines are incredible. Um, the fun tidbit about the actress, though, is that she uh, hadn't done any film at this point. And she had done a lot of theater. Yeah. And came in to test with Kathy Bates. And apparently, again, this is all through IMDb or whatever, but apparently she finished the test with Kathy and left. And Kathy Bates literally went, who was that? <laughs> yeah. So like, that's really wonderful. She's in ever after also. 
Oh, yeah, Queen she is. Marie, yeah. She totally is. Wow. Um, I have another fun tidbit about behind-the-scenes stuff. So um, Stephen King met Kathy Bates on Misery, yeah, obviously, right. and wrote Dolores with her in mind. Oh, the book? Yeah. Wow. Right? That makes so much sense. It That's makes so wild. much sense because literally, this is the thing. Kathy Bates is so, so wonderful yeah. in a way where it's like, literally, I could not give you another person who would play that part, okay? No. And it's, also only, they, it's only Kathy Bates. Yeah, and she's, this is like, I like her, I mean, I, I like her, I like Misery better as a movie. Mm-hmm. I, I like both these, both those movies. I, I like this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do. Um, but her performance in this is so good and is so, like, raw and, like, like, I was getting, like, emotional. The, like, so... Like, I was having, like, an emotion. I was having an emotion. Yeah. Literally, there is, um... Again, I'm trying to figure out how much to spoil, but... Yeah. Um, the the father, played by David Strathairn, uh, you find out in flashbacks, is an alcoholic and is abusive. Yeah. And there is this moment where he hits her... Yeah. And it is the most upsetting thing you've ever seen. Yes. And it comes out of nowhere. And it's just like, like even thinking about it, like I get emotional. Like right. just the way it's done and the way both of them are in the scene is inc- is so incredible. Yeah. And the way that he lures her into, like the way that they play off of each other and she kind of thinks it's safe to... Push him a little bit, yeah. Like, you know, not make push, a joke, like, yeah, yeah. Make a joke, and then, he, and then, oh, and, and, and hurry! Oh my God, it's so good! It's yeah. so so good. And I think I think there's a there's a danger. There could have been a danger with any other actress of this being like, like for lack of a better word, sassy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Of yeah. like, oh, I'm this is like empowering or whatever, and it's like. You know, her, all her weird lines and stuff. Right. But, like, the way she plays it. And I guess she's probably, like, in her 40s, right, when she's, she's doing this? She's 47. Right, she's 47 in this movie. But she's playing Dolores on two timelines. One when she's, like, probably close to 60, the character. Yes. And one when she's, like, probably around 30 or... Yeah, a little her, bit younger. Yeah, exactly. I'd say younger, yeah. And both of them work, like... Like so beautiful. Yeah, there's not. I mean, the makeup work is great or whatever, but yeah, like, but it's it's not like extensive. No, and a lot of it is you know a lot of it is also like the parts that are present day where Dolores is older are like the bluest grayest filters oh and like color timing <laughs> that you've ever seen. And yeah, then like they go into like the past and it's all orange, oranges, and sunny. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, and warm tones. But it's like really funny. But the um the She's so good at playing both those times. Yeah. And, and like, so you never, I don't know. It's it's just a really, like, I don't know if she got nominated for this. I probably should have looked that up, but mm. she should have. Um, for sure. Um, another thing about this movie is the way that it's shot. She didn't get nominated, sorry. Well, she should have. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. The way that it's shot is cool there's just a lot of that um uh how do i explain it you've got an actor in the very foreground Mm -hmm. of the shot 
and these sweeping landscapes in the back. And it's not that it's not depth of field, but the actor is in hyper focus. Okay. And then the background is in regular focus. Okay. Does that make sense? I think so. That's how it felt anyway. I think I know what you're saying. Where it almost looks like a green screen, and some of it was green screen, but there are shots where I'm like, this is not green screen. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it looks like it is because... You know, do you know what I mean when I... That, like, weird yes. thing. And, and it's Especially like, towards the end, right? With Because the, there's an eclipse. Yeah, but even in, the, like, the shot where they're, like, standing in front of the house uh, before they collect her hair. Okay. There's, like, shots of her. Yeah. And just, like, the hill, the grassy hill yeah, 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 and yeah. The, the ocean, river, lake, body yeah. of water yeah. behind her. Atlantic Ocean, I think. Um... And it's just, I, the the word I keep thinking of is hyper focus. Like it's okay. so focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, interesting. I have to. Take I it don't up. know. I was just really. I was like, this is really. It's just very interesting and cool, and it, it lends to the kind of like, uh, unsettling, mystery mystery of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mis- mysterious. <laughs> mystery of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, what else do I have? Oh, I, oh, go ahead. I also like, uh, saw this movie like when it came out. Uh huh. So it was like 12 or something. Exactly. My first note is for sure. Watch this. Too young. <laughs> Way but too young. But not too young. Like that's the thing. That's actually like a thing that I think about now that we're parents a lot is like, are we not exposing our child to enough like dark psychological trauma movies? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's Okay. I think it's okay. Did you hear her? She just said, I'm fine. <laughs> um, but, you know, I definitely saw this when I was like 12 years old. Yeah. Pro- like, probably had no idea what half of it. Well, no, that's not true. It's not like. No, you def- I definitely knew what was happening yeah, exactly. the whole time. But it's like, not like you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, my two negatives for it. Oh, boy. I know. One, the music is a bit much. <laughs> okay. But that's a sign of the times. Yeah. It's definitely like the 90s, but it just, the whole time it feels like it's desperately trying to amp up the drama and the horror and the mystery, and you don't need it. But it's also so clearly the 90s. Yeah, exactly. I think all the, probably the marketing and all the like trappings of this movie were like, it's like misery. Like yeah. It's, this is another like horror story. Yeah. Um, And it's just... And so the, even the movie itself is trying to amp that up sometimes with, yeah. like you're saying, those weird horror movie moments. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember seeing it, though, and, like, you know, Vera, in when she's, like, very, very old, yeah. is, like, is, a, is like a, a, not a monster, what's the word? She's, like, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's scary, it's terrifying performance. Yeah. And not because, like, old people are scary to look at, but because, like, specifically the way they have her. Is yeah. Like, and the way she's, like, shrieking and stuff is, like, very unpleasant and scary. Yes, yes. Um, my other mild complaint is that I don't love Jennifer Jason Lee's performance in this. Well, are you objectively <laughs> correct? Yes. I also don't. But I think uh, the problem that I have with her performance, so her, her character, how do I explain this? Her character 
the arc of her character is very much like she's she's estranged from her mother. She's mad at her mother. Right. And blames her for a lot of her childhood trauma. And then discovers, after being forced to go back there, discovers that she was wrong. Right. And that a lot of what she hates about her mother are kind of defense mechanisms, things that her mother was doing to protect her. Like, yes. You know, all that yeah. Stuff. And, and that she's blocked a really big part of her childhood because it was so traumatic. And I just, she just seems so bratty the whole time. Yeah. She doesn't feel, she feels like she's playing one thing, which is anger. Yeah. And, and I get how that's like a trap. Right. But I want to see someone not fall into that trap. Basically. Well, it's like the, it's, it's like the, um, it's like a little bit more softness to it in the beginning. It's almost like that scene we were talking about with Kathy Bates and David Strathairn, where mm. he kind of like lures her into, they're joking for a second and then he, he strikes, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you kind of want, like, there's so many kind of facets to the, the two of them in that scene and through that, throughout the whole movie. And with her, it feels like, and I'm sure she was directed this way, like whatever, mm. but, um, it feels like, or, or it was written this way, maybe. Yeah. Is that she's just playing one facet, which is just, I'm fucked up. Right. And I'm angry. Right. And it's just like, it's not that it's unwarranted, but it would have been nice to see just a slightly more realistic approach to it. Like you said, softer in the beginning. Like there's, there's having, you know, being estranged from your mother and coming home and talking to your mother like she's a fuckwit. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those are two different things and she does not make a distinction. Right, yeah. Um so yeah. I do want to say it is the speaking of the writing, I think it's like a, you know, a really well-written movie and the, yeah. it's written by Tony Gilroy, mm. which I didn't know till we watched it again, who wrote all the Bourne movies. Oh. And Created a little show, don't know if you've heard of it, called Andor. <laughs> so That's your favorite thing ever. It's kind of one of my favorite TV shows of all time. <laughs> At least the first season. We'll see how the second season is. <laughs> but love Andor. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, and, and, it, and I, I, I also think, like, from a screenwriting perspective, like, there's a... The movie does this weird magic trick that we've talked about a couple times now where like it's pretty clear I think the mm. first time you watch it like what's going on who you know what I mean like there, there's not there's not any like huge insane revelations that like don't I mean there are there are revelations throughout yeah but it's not like there's not a lot of like story here well okay. or at least like or at least like sexy like Stephen King horror movie story it's okay. a very, like, contained personal trauma story okay. for most of it, right? Okay. But um, but the the way it's written, the way it doles out information throughout, the way yeah. the we move through timelines and stuff, like, it flows really well. It feels like you're watching a thrilling kind yeah. of, like, movie 
And then, but it's like the actual revelations are just like these personal trauma. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. It elevates all that stuff to the level of horror movie. Yeah. We, when it's, and that's a cool like thing of the writing and directing. Yeah. I'm the, I'm just, I'm struggling with the, there's not a lot of story here because it feels like I feel the opposite. It's only story. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like it's only story. Like I, I just don't like it. And, and. I agree that like there's nothing, nothing happens that you're like holy shit. Um, but at the same time, I can't imagine that when I watched this the first time, I knew what was coming. Yeah, you're you're right. I guess what I mean is like there's not so there's the the Dolores is under suspicion of killing her employer, right? And then there's like by the end of it, we're learning more about what happened with her and her husband. Yeah. Who she was under suspicion of killing there. Yeah. Um, I think that's honestly why I like this movie so much because cards on the table, this might be one of my favorite movies. Whoa. Um, I love that. Uh, is that it feels like a play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. this would translate to stage very easily. Yeah. I think it has, there's, there's like an opera version I was reading. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Um, yeah, it feels like a play and I eat that shit up. Yeah. So. We have two movies this week that I think at different times are actively trying to emulate Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, okay. Honestly. Yeah? I think there's like, I think I would say this is like Hitchcock-y in its kind of the way it's put together and its story and all that stuff. I see that. More than a lot of movies that are trying to. And then in the next movie, they're definitely trying to, there's even a character named Hitchcock and it's spoiler alert. Exactly. All right. Anyway, is it available? Um, it is. If you, it's like streaming on direct TV, but besides that, no, that's a shame. You should watch it. It's so good. good. (laughs) It's really good. Kathy Bates, man. Kathy motherfucking Bates. Great. Yeah, my note literally says, fuck, KB is so fucking good. <laughs> she's so good. <laughs> I wrote down, when she finds out, when she goes to the bank. Yeah. And she finds out what's going on with her, like, finances with her husband and stuff like that. That was, like, the part, more than almost any other part in the movie, where I was like, oh, I'm going to cry right now. This woman is so good. Yeah. My question for you is. Yeah, I'm ready. What is it? What's the connection? What's the connection? Let me tell you. <laughs> let me let you know. Let me know. Kathy Bates starred with the aforementioned Kathy Bates. The king, the queen, <laughs> the goddess. Starred with Ali Larder, the king, the queen, the goddess, <laughs> in a 2001 movie called American Outlaws, which the New York Times called Simple Minded. And the Philadelphia Inquirer called an utter failure. Wow. <laughs> it's a, like a kind of retelling of like the Jesse James story or something. And it okay. starts Colin Farrell. And, uh, but both Allie Larder and Kathy Bates were in it. Allie Larder is in our next movie. She is. Which is Final Destination from the year 2000, directed by James Wong. Mm-hmm. IMDb summary is an adventurous, nope. That is not it. <laughs> that is the IMDb summary from last week about an adventurous 11-year-old girl. That is the, that is the summary of Coraline. 
Um, all right. The IMDb summary for this one is Alex Browning is among a group of high school students on a trip to Europe. He suddenly has a premonition that their airplane will crash. He screams to warn the others, but is thrown off the plane, and the plane crashes after they get off. <laughs> this doesn't tell That's you. the summary? That's the summary. On oh IMDb. my God. That is terrible. I feel like, so these are user-generated summaries. We've talked about this. We're yeah. on episode 92. People know this. But I feel like even today, like putting our links together and stuff for this mm. episode, I was like, man, IMDb really fucking sucks now. <laughs> like, it sucks. It used to be yeah. just like, it was just about conveying information yeah. and doing it well. Yeah. And now it is like a graphical monstrosity. <laughs> I cannot navigate it. I find it unpleasant to, to even be on or at or around. Yeah. I hate it. It's it, a lot. It's such yeah. a like perfect, I mean, this is the story of our entire lives, mm. but it's such a perfect crystallization of just the internet just crumbling beneath the weight of people trying to extract money from things that worked because uh-huh. it's owned by Amazon. So it's like yeah. they're trying. Okay. You're looking at like, I'm, whatever, like your old man, Mike, I hate it. <laughs> anyway, an adventurous 11 year old girl. <laughs> um, okay. Final destination. Now we've talked about final destination before specifically final destination two which we covered, we covered it on episode 14, which aired, dropped October 29th, 2020. Whoa. Three years ago. Three years. Whoa. That's so, kind of crazy. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, Final Destination, we're back. We're doing the first one now. We are. My memory of this movie uh-huh. is that I saw the the second one before I saw the first one. Really? And, like, came to the first one later. Okay. And I'm sure we talked about this on the other episode about uh-huh. Final, Final Destination. Uh-huh. But my first exposure to this series was you and I were in Virginia for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And we, like, went to a video store and <laughs> bought a box set of probably the first three or four movies. Yeah. And... Uh, for like 20 bucks or something, and then watched it, one of them in the hotel room. But not the first one. But I don't think it was the first one. Weird. Anyway, um, all of which is to say, cards on the table. <laughs> I love this franchise so much. Yep. And I hate this movie so this much. so <laughs> bad. I like, so I couldn't tell you the last time I watched the first one. Right. But again, I have so much love for this franchise. Yes. It is so dumb and fun and puzzle-like and just stupidly gory and right. I love that. And you, and I forgot that the first one has absolutely none of that. Yeah. The first one is taking itself so seriously. My first note is Oh, this one is trying to be like a real movie. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's taking itself so seriously. The performances are not good. <laughs> right. Like no, it's they're not. just it's and it's so upsetting to watch because again, I truly have so much love for this entire franchise. Right. Once it gets part two, like they've figured it out so elegantly, like what this is. Yeah. Which is a big crazy disaster in the beginning that is very gory and crazy. Yeah. And then uh, progressively, like, 
weirder and crazier Rube Goldberg kind of death scenes throughout the rest of the movie. Yep. And, like, with some, like, you know, filler, character filler in between. Yeah. And that's it. That's the whole, that's all it needs to be. Yeah. And, you know, some of them stray a little bit from that formula, but that's it. But in this one, it's like, the disaster at the beginning takes forever. Oh my gosh, so long. And because they don't, they're set, you know, they're setting it up in like a, kind of a very different way than they do in the in the later ones. Yeah. And because they're trying to get you to care about these characters, I guess. Yeah. Um, which kudos to them. Well, yeah, no, truly they, they spend so much time. Right. With the main two, Devin essentially. Sawa yeah. And, and Ali Larder, Larder like yeah. trying to like make them a thing. Right. And, um, they, so, and then throughout it's like you get maybe some of the like toying kind of, fun, like, uh, tension and release kind of stuff from occasionally some of the, the death scenes afterwards. Yeah. But not in the same way. Not And they're not as fun. No. And, like, there's, like, I guess, you know, sorry, do we, we, if we skipped ahead or are we, we're good? We're t- I think we're okay. Okay, yeah. You, you, you know what Final Destination is. Right. They, We've said it. There's a big, insane thing. This one's a plane crash that he sees. He freaks out. A bunch of people get off the plane, and then Death is pissed and comes for them. Right. And Death is personified by... Well, not personified. Well, I mean, no... in this one it is. Sort of. Not personified. Yeah. It's not a person, but there is, like, a shadowy black blob wobbly thing that Right, happens. and there's, like, wind. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Even when the window's closed. You know, Whoa! It's like, what? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, there's... There's also, like, all this, the weird shit, which they don't, they still do in the other movies, where, like, he keeps, like, seeing signs around that point to death. And, like, one of them, one of them is, like, his clock at 1 a.m. goes to the... Flickers to 180. Flickers to 180, which is the name of the flight that he's about to get on. Yeah. But he doesn't see that. That's just for the audience. Yeah. So it's like, wait, is death doing that? Why is death doing that? For us? And also, yeah, is that a thing that happens before you die? There's a weird... Anyway. And then another one is he's in the airport and he, like, looks at the thing, Mm -hmm. at the uh, departures board or whatever. Yeah. And he just... We just zoom in on the word terminal. (laughs) Because, like, terminal has a double meaning in that context. It sure does. But by that logic, shouldn't everyone in all airports die all the time? (laughs) Because the word terminal is surrounding them. Is everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. It doesn't, by that logic, that's the problem here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, trying to make it logical. Right. Um, but the movie is also trying to make it logical. I mean, they, whatever, they all do that. So, yeah, so it's Devin Sawa, Kerr Smith from Dawson's Creek, hey. Ali Larder, Sean Pennsylvania's own. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, the accent comes out a yeah, couple times. it does. Oh, yeah, it really does. It really does. Um... Stifler, Sean William Scott, <laughs> Tony Todd, who also plays Candyman, mm, yes, and is in this one. Um, he's, he's in like, a couple of other ones too. Yeah, he's in this. He's I don't know if he's in every Final Destination movie, but he's in a few of them. Yeah, uh, as this like same like mortuary worker who is who speaks in riddles or whatever <laughs> about uh-huh. like death's plan. And yeah, it's like, okay, it's very yeah, it's yeah. a lot. I saw six feet under. This isn't what mortuary. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. It's uh, also like, it just gets like, 
very tedious throughout. Yeah. Like. And there's a lot of, of, ooh, okay. It's doing the thing, again, that I dislike, where it's just like, this is not, you can't even suspend disbelief for this. This is so illogical. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a whole part of it where the plane explodes and then the FBI shows up and is suspicious Right. Of Devin Sawa's character, of this, like, kid. Right. Who got off the plane and got some of his friends off the plane. And then they, like, essentially harass this kid who survived a plane crash. And I'm just like, there's a there's a point at which eventually he, like, he, like, goes to the teacher's house. It's the teacher's turn to die. Yeah. And, like, crazy things are happening. And she somehow ended up on the floor the and knife. pulled a knife block over. So there's a knife in her chest. And he pulls the knife out of her chest and then is holding the knife and then freaks out and runs from the house because it's about to explode. And there's, like, a shoe print in blood of his. Right. So at that point, you have plausibility for the FBI to be like, hey, maybe this kid is killing everyone. But like, Well, don't forget that the house blows up and then they say, but then you're like, oh, I guess that evidence doesn't matter then. And then later they're like, uh, your blood shoe print was caramelized on the floor. Caramelized! It was insane, insane. Oh my God. I mean, honestly, it's very pre-9-11 because that's, I mean, they never would have released this after, or they would have, they did change all those events. Yeah. Although this movie does the same thing. Sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. That's okay. This movie does the same thing that the later Final Destination movies do, does, where it like references weird real life stuff as if, and in this one, there's like a shot of Princess Die. Yeah. Um, and the car crash. Yeah. In I think it's Final Destination two or three. Mm. They like, like they like. There's like shots of the World Trade Center. Like it's like really. Yeah. It's Jesus. And they like imply that like, you know, death. As a whatever, it's insane. Well, and speaking of real life stuff, all of the news footage is real from like a plane crash that exploded. Oh yeah, you know I had that thought. Yeah, it like, looked real because uh, usually over, like, news Long footage, Island or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's morbid. Morbid, yeah. right? That's weird. Very weird. For Final Destination, right. for this movie, that's like whatever. Uh, anyway, it's it's. It's, I would say this is my least favorite of the franchise. Yeah. Which is weird absolutely. for the first one. I know. But it's just, again, it's all about the tone of it. The rest of the movies have a much more, like, lighthearted is the wrong word, but that's what's coming no, to mind. No, I think that's exactly like, right. I think that's exactly right. It knows what it is, and it knows that it's meant to be kind of goofy, and also, like, do these elaborate kills. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's the, they're like comedic set pieces where yeah. it's like, Oh, you think this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. Tension release, like all that stuff. Yeah. And they're, you know, in this one, they're like the one kid, like it's, he trips and gets a cord in the shower wrapped around his neck and then just like slowly chokes to death. Yeah. He's like, it's like, they're just not, and in the in the second one, even the one in the dentist's office, the kill in the dentist's office, yeah, that one is like explicitly funny, yeah, like especially the way it ends, yeah, is like hilarious, yeah, it's so great, and it feels like they because they knew to like push it, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I think that honestly, that's one that's that's what it boils down to because I have a note here that says the idea that death would plan these elaborate deaths mm-hmm. and then miss and fake you out, like. 
that doesn't make any sense. And that's what it is. In this first movie, it feels like death is trying to kill them and they're outsmarting death. And in the rest of them, death is playing with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, toying with them. Yeah, yeah. Is, is purposefully toying. Whereas this in this one, death feels inept. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have other notes, but it's like... It almost feels like, whoa, who cares? Final Destination. and But it's like you need this one to, to as the basis for this great franchise that we love. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, I did, have, I did write down, I was like, was the last time that I experienced Devin Sawa at this point in my life, was the last time I experienced him in his Casper now and then Little Giants time? Right. And it's not, because he was in a movie called Wild America. That I could not tell you a single thing about it, but I know that I saw it because he was in it with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I know that I saw it, and I have like one-two punch vague pictures of what it is, and I'm sure if I watched it, I'd be like, "Oh yeah," you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, couldn't I looked it up, and I was like, I got like the poster was very familiar, but yeah, I was like, yeah. I got nothing, but I've definitely seen this. That's funny. Um, yeah. I mean this, this movie also like has ambitions to kind of as it knows it's a B movie. I think like it knows it's like a B movie for teenagers. Yeah. Um, but it does have like, there's a character named Hitchcock. There's a character named Val Luton, which is like another horror director iconic oh, or whatever. Okay. Um, and iconic or whatever. <laughs> iconic or whatever. Um, and I, I don't know if you looked this up, but like James Wong and, um, I want to say Jeffrey Morgan or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, who James Wong directed and, and they wrote the screenplay together. They're like X-Files people. And this yeah movie like started as an X-Files. X-Files. Yeah. yeah. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes total sense uh-huh for the vibe of it for the the plot of it because like i i couldn't love a show more than i love the x-files mm. um but half of them don't make any sense <laughs> like dramatically you know what i mean like yeah like ha- like so this follows that exactly of like kind of it feels so much like an x-files that is like Oh, they escaped death's plan. They got off the thing. You know what I mean? And then and there you can is, just see Mulder and Scully like there <laughs> with these teens. There is something that feels, and I have not seen, I've, I have absorbed some X-Files being in the room with other people who watch the X-Files. Right, right. Um, but I've never sat down and watched an episode of the X-Files, but the, the shadowy blob of death feels very X-Files to me. Oh, a hundred percent. That is exactly right. The shadow that the CGI shadow that like falls over like the teapot, the or teapot. Yeah. yeah. Is like such an X-Files thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it has that feeling. And so for that reason, I kind of like, like, okay, I kind of can get on its wavelength a little bit. Yeah. But, it doesn't. It doesn't work. work. And presented with the option of all of the Final Destination movies, I'm not going to pick this one to watch. No, like so it, ever. How does it go? It goes airplane. I can never remember airplane highway. Um, we're talking about the big, the, the big, big set piece in the yeah. beginning. Uh, airplane highway roller, roller coaster. coaster. 
bridge? No, bridge is the last oh, one. Oh, the, the race car. Race car track yeah. bridge. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. That is the order. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I would say, I can't remember. Never mind. I'm not going to try to rank them. I don't no. Know. Um, <laughs> but I know two is my favorite. Two and is. And one is my least favorite. The roller coaster? No, two is the highway. Highway. Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, that's the best. And that one has the dentist's office and like, yeah. a lot of really good ones in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what this has, though, which I think at the time was a big deal? What? Was the girl getting hit by the bus. I think that was, like... A big deal. Well, I think that was surprising to people at the time. I think now... Oh, I did see a thing that was, like... Because that's the scene, and then right after that is the Alka, them having the Alka-Seltzer, right? Yeah. And I saw a, a fun fact that was, like... Originally, that Alka-Seltzer scene was really short, but after testing it with audiences, they made it longer because they found that people needed more time to recover. Right. From it. Because, and it, essentially there are like all the people who survived the plane crash meet up on the street and they're just like yelling at each other about bullshit. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No. Nope. And then, uh, the one girl starts to walk away and is like, I'm getting away from you. Like, uh, whatever, I'll be fine. And I'm like, going to move on with my life. Right. And then just like takes one step and immediately gets hit by a bus. It's just, yeah. And I think that that, now is a cliche. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's literally a mean girls. Mean girls, right, yeah. exactly. But also like in a ton of different yeah. movies. Like it's just like you see someone standing in the street now and you're like, Oh, you're gonna get hit by something and then yeah, they yeah. do. Like yeah. it, it's, Oh, it's like the shot of like through the passenger side window of oh, two people in that. a car and you're like, You're gonna get hit, you're gonna hit I by a car, you're gonna that. get T-boned by a car. Right. It's so stressful. <laughs> yeah. you, you can tell from the composition if they're about to get hit by a car. Yeah. God, it's gotten, it got to the point for a while, I feel like we're past it a little bit now, mm. but it got to the point for a while where anytime there's a scene in a car, I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like high alert. I hated it. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, um, I think that was an innovation at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. In a way. And like, if it did, I think if it didn't have that midpoint kind of like crazy moment yeah. that kept people engaged a little bit, mm. um, it would have probably, like, people would have been like, eh, that was fine, whatever. Yeah. Because, like, the end, awful. It doesn't make any sense. All that shit with the dumb. car and the, yeah. like, the, the wires and all that stuff. I don't know. Whatever. It's disappointing. I'm disappointed in you, Final Destination. Yeah. The DVD is pretty good. Yeah. It has a lot of... Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's from year 2000. Uh-huh. It has a lot of dumb early DVD... I mean, I guess 2000 was, like, right at the midpoint of DVDs. Sure. Um, yeah. The boom. The DVD boom. The boom. Um, a lot of stupid stuff on it, which is fun, including a death clock where you answer questions, and then it tells you when you're going to die. And the, the questions are all, like, how often do you eat red meat or whatever? Yeah. Like, how like, often do, do you exercise? smoke? How much but do you But they smoke? never ask your birthday. No, they don't. <laughs> so it's like... For some reason, this dummy did it. Yeah, I'm going to do the death clock on the Final Destination DVD. It says I'm going to die on November 18th, 2029 at 2.12 p.m. I, I'm going to be so annoyed if you die in 2029. Yeah, I know. Oof. It's going to okay. be so annoying. It's going to... Oh. So annoying. So annoying. All right. <laughs> Okay, I guess I won't. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, well, that's all I got. Is it available? Is it available? It's on Max. 
great. Where you can also watch The Kingdom of Dreams oh and my Madness. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> they don't know what you're talking about because I cut the entire intro up. Okay, I'm great. Joking. I'm Perfect. joking. I'm joking. Um, great. This feels pretty clear to me. Well, the only problem is that we have all the Final Destinations. Oh, but we're not getting rid of Dolores Claiborne. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down. I'm putting we my are foot not down. Getting rid of Dolores Claiborne. Yeah, well, we're just it. not, uh, especially because it's not even ab- available anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> available. It's not available. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, in Final Destination, not good. Not good. Not good. Okay. Sorry to break up the band, but yeah. Just pretend this one doesn't exist. Yeah, you start with two. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get all the lore. It's not true, you do. Great. Great. So here we are. Oh, yeah. Gentle listeners, we've come to the end of spooky season. Gentle um, listeners. Gentle like listeners. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we were we were talking, trying to figure out if we were going to continue with the podcast. And I think we're going to give it the old college try again. We're going to try. Um, so we're going to go back to every other week, give ourselves a little bit more time and space to watch two movies. Right. Um, and we're also going to switch it back to Thursdays. So really just uh, fucking ourselves with the algorithm. Right. But now exactly. you know like, what's going on. Yeah. Um, and we'll be sure to post and all that good stuff. We're like, are you taking this seriously? <laughs> no, the answer is no. Right. Um, so yeah, we're gonna jump back into it. So, uh, we should probably pick our next matchup, right? 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 Yep. Right? We should. Yep. Yep. We definitely should. Hey Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 528. 528 is from 2011. Hannah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I want to watch that movie again. Yeah. I'm excited. I remember it being intense. Yeah. But good. But good. But good. Intense but good. Intense but good. That's a spoiler for next week. Oh, sorry about it. All right. Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 302. 302 is from 2008, The Dark Knight. Ooh, baby. (laughs) Oh, baby. That's fun. Haven't watched that one in a long time. No. Um, Classique. A classique. Does it hold up? Does it hold? It's a great question. Let's see. You know what? We're going to answer that We'll be the judge of that. We'll be the judge. (laughs) Great. Hannah and the Dark Knight. Two kind of superhero-y things. Yeah. Well, in two movies there, it's like, I remember really liking these. Yeah. Let's see if they hold up. Let's see. Let's see. We don't know. We'll be the judge. We'll be the judge. All right. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, so, oh, so that's what I was going to say. I was going <laughs> to reiterate. So when will this be? When will that next matchup be going Live? Thursday, November 9th. Thursday, November 9th. Give you some time to recover from Halloween. Yeah. You know, give you some time to watch Hannah and the Dark Knight. Yes. Two movies that exist. Two movies that exist. And listen, 
Thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the Worldwide Web, and I hope that you have enjoyed your Halloween. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween, everybody! <laughs> all right, uh, come back next time and see who survives. DVD, DVD Deathmatch. Deathmatch. Hey Siri. Bitch, why aren't you talking to me, girl? Slash boy. I won't respond to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs>